Hey guys, welcome back to another SEALs pod. My name is Woodsy. I am the uh, PA announcer for the San Diego SEALs, a job I hold very near and dear to my heart. And I'm sitting here with one of my favorite San Diego SEALs. I'm not just saying that because he's here. Cam Holding, defenseman for the San Diego SEALs. We share a special bond, uh, Cam and I do, before every game. Cam is uh, there warming up. And he looks at me and he screams at me to tell the guy to turn the music <laughs> up. And this is before every home game. Welcome. This is true. Thank you very every much. Every game, right? Yes, yes. It's every single game. Enough. It's too quiet. The guys want nice, loud music. So you're the man I go to. He will look, Woodsy, turn it off. I'm like, <laughs> I don't have the controls. I don't have the control. You know I would. But you know you. the guys that can make it happen. So. Well, and it's, it's funny because for me, you know, uh, not knowing the game a year ago as well as I know it now and not knowing the guys a year ago as well as I know them now, um, Cam quickly became one of my favorite players. You did. I should be speaking to you. Um, I love the intensity that you bring before every game. Have you always been that way, an intense guy? Um, I'm always intense before the game. I try and be like pretty calm, pretty lighthearted. That's and calm and lighthearted before yeah. the game. Well, <laughs> so when you see, I'm saying like in the locker room, oh, leading up to the game, I drive over. I'm not like crazy focused. Obviously, I want to visualize what we're doing. But as soon as I hit warm ups, boom, eyes on the prize, focus levels up, and we're after it. And you play for a pretty intense guy. Patrick Merrill is one intense dude. You ask anybody. I mean, there's a couple of guys in town here training, and they are all uh, looking forward to training camp. A couple of guys haven't been coached by Patrick before, so they're kind of worried. They've heard that Patrick's going to run. He's going to run. He's intense. Um, and so you got to be ready to work hard. The SEALs need – those guys, the new guys, they need training camp before the training camp because they have no idea what they're I – I went to my first last year um, and didn't – you know, again, didn't really know what to expect. And – Watch the first practice, and I watched guys leaning over the railing, vomiting. Mm -hmm. And I was like, they just ran a ton. Well, then you get to the season starts, the ball drops, and all you freaking guys do is run the whole game. Yeah. Like, yeah, you get your little breaks, but you're running and running and running. I'm like, yeah. it's too much running. For if you don't like running, you're in the wrong sport. <laughs> but for training camp, if you could train all year round, and if uh, you know you could be in the best shape of your life, and you're still going to have a hard time in training camp. It's just the way it is. Like, it's training wild. camp's always tough. So everybody's happy once it gets done and uh, start focusing on games. But we know what's coming in the next uh, few weeks here. Ooh, so. How do you get yourself ready? Uh, for training camp oh mentally prepare I just start running like as we just said our whole game is based off running my whole job my whole role on our team is based on getting a loose ball in the defensive end and yeah. running so I just spend a ton of time running um, as we approach camp I'll start putting on the pads start gearing up with some of the guys start crashing some bodies um, and then start watching game film you know and trying to really understand what we're going to be going up against how why defense for you why uh is that and when does somebody realize i'm a defensive player i'm not an offensive guy i mean everybody likes to shoot everybody, everybody. likes to score yeah right? if you go to camps these days everybody's an attackman everybody wants the glory of scoring um i went through my whole career um a youth career and i was an offensive player i played attack in college scoring all the goals and i got to juniors i was playing for Derek keenan he's the head coach of sask and he looked at me and said, you know what? You're fast. You're a D guy now. And I was like, okay. Like, really? Yeah, with somebody like that, same thing with Patrick. If he tells you you're going to do something and somebody with that um, pedigree in the lacrosse community, you're going to listen and you're going to apply. And those are the ones that ultimately continue playing for a long time. So I embraced the role that Coach Keenan gave me a long time ago and have really tried to perfect that as I've moved forward. And made it your own. Yeah, yeah made 100%. it your own. And, and it's, it's a delight to watch you play defense. Um, 
We spent a little time in the penalty box together last year, which is always fun. Not too much. Though. Not too much. No. More, I would. I like. I would like a little more. Is okay. that is that fair to say? I would like. I'll ask Patrick. I would like. <laughs> yeah. Ask. Tell him Woodsy. Ask if yeah. I can get in more fights. That'll this give year. me a good excuse, anyways, when I get penalties. I listen. I don't want to be the. I'm out for blood guy. <laughs> but my God, when when the fights happened. Uh, Mike Grace, who's here with us as well. Mikey and I got—I would get real excited. Well, he mixed it up with Dane Doby last year. Oh, I remember. And then we got to spend a, a little time with him up. after a that. Light a light mix-up. Mix yeah, yeah. I uh, asked Mikey. Maybe when when the fights happen, I lose my mind. Yeah, it's I exciting do. It's stuff. like I'm, it's like bloodlust. I don't know what yeah. it is. I'm like, let's go. And the, <laughs> the the other thing you notice, and I'm sure I'm sure you guys do notice, the crowd goes bananas. Oh, I mean, when there's it. when the pads go down, the gloves come off. It, yeah. The crowd goes nuts. Some people don't like it, but, uh, you know, it's the same as hockey. A lot of fans enjoy it, the physical aspect of it. And um, what a lot of fans might not realize is there's kind of like an unwritten rule to it and why guys will go out and fight. Like the one time Brody fought last year, Vancouver was just beating the crap out of Austin the whole first half. And ultimately, as a leader, Brody decided, hey, it's time to step up. And after that, it they kind of laid off Audi. So Brody kind of set the tone and, you know, it was needed at that point in time. It's just part of the game and how I it's I love developed. that, man. There's such yeah. a respect uh, thing, too, for a guy that will do that for you. And ask Austin Stotts now, he'd run through a wall for Brody. 100%. You know, for, for having his back. It's like in, in baseball. You know, yeah. if you get drilled and your pitcher's like, well, that's not going to happen, goes out and hits the first guy in the back. A lot of people don't like that. A lot of the, the, new, the newer generation, oh, you know, throwing a ball 96 miles an hour at somebody's back – that's mean, and it's like, nah, you don't get it. Like, yeah. what that does for the locker room right. is, is massive. It brings it together. It brings it, everybody together, and it's a principal thing. How was the locker room last year with you guys? Our locker room was special, man. It was uh, obviously being in our being our first season. It was really cool. You had, we like to identify kind of as like a group of misfits. We kind of had guys from here and there with the expansion draft. Um, and our locker room, we just all came together. We embraced that attitude. How quick? How quick? How quickly, yeah. First training camp. Really? When, you know, Coach Patrick stands up and he gives us his big talk, like he motivates you. And um, then you follow with somebody like Brody, Dan Dawson, Kyle Buchanan, um, and guys rally behind that. And so when you have people that you respect and that have that um, that background and that history in the game and they're speaking and they're leading, um, you know, you'll get the troops to rally behind you, and that's exactly what happened. Well, talk about your role then as an assistant captain because now it's it's part of your duty to not only play well, um, but you need to watch out. What does a captain do? Is a ca- are you are you side eyeing guys and watching? Like, hey, you better do this the right way. Are you do you get on people? I think there's different ways to yeah, are you, a- are you approach vocal? leadership. Yeah. Um, I would say that in our locker room, like last year, Dan Dawson was somebody that was very vocal. It's terrifying. I was uh, the PA guy in Dan Dawson. Yeah. I wanted to like work hard <laughs> at PA for Dan, Dan Dawson. Dawson. Yeah, yeah for exactly. Dan. Yeah. So like that's kind of what he brought, um, you know. And then Kyle and I did a lot of keeping guys in check on the back end. And a lot of what being a leader is to me is just holding guys accountable, yeah. you know, and Brody, he, he didn't have to say anything and he would hold people accountable. Like they would want to work hard for Brody. Like we said, for Dan. Um, and I think that Kyle and I were a little bit more of that voice with our group. Um, but from the top down with Patrick and our leadership group, like it's incredible. Well, that's the, one of the best things about the seals. And, and it, this may be for all uh, NLL teams because people do have a wide array of, of backgrounds of other uh, things that they they do, and I know for you and the seals, 
We have about seven coaches on the team. I mean, you <laughs> coached in college. Did you win a national championship in college? Yeah, we won a national championship with uh, with Michigan State when I was coaching there in 2018. So that was my third year with them. Um, same kind of thing. Just I got those guys to kind of buy into yeah. a culture, which is you know kind of what we created here with San Diego. And I took a little bit from all different aspects of my game and tried to piece that into my Michigan State guys. And they bought in for three years. Um, unfortunately, the guys that graduated didn't reap the benefits, but we kind of created a culture within that program, uh, which ultimately led to a championship in 2018. Well, and I think that it does speak volumes about what the front office of the Seals did when they were identifying all the quote-unquote misfits to bring in. There was definitely one thing you did see. Um, there was a look. There was a type of guy that they brought in. Some guys, I feel like, I, I feel like the ones that weren't the right fit, they didn't last. For sure. Uh, and I feel like... There was definitely a look and a, a type of player that that um, that Patrick and that Steve Govett and that Josh wanted to bring in uh, to the Seals and a lot of a lot of leadership, a lot of leadership and a lot of talent. Yeah, and you know the, everybody in our, our organization, starting with Steve, heck, even like Joe Sai, even starting yeah. with him, like everybody, we all understand that in order to build something successful, you want to have a solid culture, a solid foundation, and I think that's exactly what they created. So our organization is going to be on the way up. Um, we have that foundation, and now it's time to build on it. Well, and to make the playoffs in your first year, I, you know, again, I, I've said it before, I, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, all it took for me was one practice to just fall in love with it and be so excited about it. And then after the first game, I just remember that feeling driving home going, that was incredible. Uh, my wife, who was not a big sports person at all, was like, I'm in. Like, I, I, she cannot wait for SEAL season. Awesome. You know, she is like – and I think you guys did that a lot. There was a lot of magic in San Diego last year. I know that uh, we want it to get even bigger and better uh, this year. And we've brought in more players. We got more players. We've got more weapons. You excited to get this thing going? Really excited to get this thing going? Can't wait. As we sit here now, we're, I think, less than two weeks from our first training camp. We've got some incredibly talented players coming back. Um, we've added, like, Jeremy Noble, Zach Greer, some some other, you know, great lacrosse names. And um, ultimately, everybody that's going to be in our locker room cares, and they want to work hard and, and, you know, win essentially so yeah and the the culture here in san diego was such that uh we were able to get a guy like west berg as well yeah and, and who's gonna be who's gonna be Huge. ridiculous ridiculous i yeah. mean and, and there were so i think you know from a even from the pa announcer standpoint on down the line to the fans um that have followed this team that are are i see it all the time you know on social media like just get me to i'm so they're so ready for seal season out there but i think the expectations while last year there really weren't any because nobody really knew what to expect. Now the expectations are, all right, well, we made the playoffs. Nobody liked how last year ended. Right. Now we want to win. 100%. And, and that's, the, that's the attitude that we all have. Everybody in our locker room, we've all played at different levels where we've won. We know what it takes to get there. Last year, we still have a sour uh, taste in our mouth from that loss against Calgary. And, um, you know, guys are ready to get to work. Um, so shifting gears a little bit. You are one of the SEALs that lives here full-time now, right? So you're here in San Diego. How's that for you? Uh, this place is amazing. Isn't so, it incredible? Yeah, I've lived here for – we just moved here two and a half months ago. So, um, so far, it's been amazing. Um, love the city. Love downtown. Love the beach. Everything about it's great here, and all my family's back at home. Now, where'd uh, you grow up? I grew up in Toronto, Ontario, a little 
town called Whitby. Okay. Um, so it's just east of Toronto. Played Which all my is minors there. Beautiful up there. I mean, it, oh, it's a very nice up there. Way, yeah. But now, if you ask me if it's beautiful up there in the middle of December, January, February, a different story because right. you're dealing with a whole bunch of snow. Where I love wearing shorts and a t-shirt and sunglasses every day. So this is a great fit. There's nothing <laughs> like this. I, I moved here in 2010 from Dallas, Texas, where you know you get all kind of all kinds of of weather. You know, you get you get tornadoes, you get gnarly rainstorms, you get mm. 110 degrees. And since I got here, you know, sometimes I'll just be driving around. I've been here a decade in February and I'll be driving around. I was driving last night looking at the sunset with my wife. I don't make a ton of dough. I make a little bit of money. Everything's ha I'm happy. But I looked and I was like, I made it. Yeah, I'm here. 100%. Like, I live here and I've lived here for a decade. All my friends back home. Yeah. Sweating their ass off, you know. I'm like, I made it. Yeah. Look where I live. I have like, I live in the best place on the planet. Yeah, it's funny. I actually dropped off a couple of the guys last night over uh, in Mission Hills, and one of my oh no, <laughs> that was uh, <laughs> CEO Steve Govett popping in <laughs> to say hello. To no, everybody, the finger. <laughs> One of my uh, favorite things to do is just drive down that Mission Bay Boulevard there and you look out and it's nothing but palm trees and you it's can insane. see SeaWorld and the sunset and it's just, it's beautiful. So it's when you're, I think I, when you're playing uh, and you, you know, it's cool because I, I know that like I went to, my first game I ever went to was on the road in Calgary and yeah. we watched and we lost that first game. We rode the bus back together. Everyone was really bummed out. But, uh, you know, some guys went out and had some beers after, and we were we were talking. But there were guys on the other team. We were all kind of hanging together. Um, everybody in the league kind of knows each other. There's yeah. a reputation, just like every major sport. You know, I mean, guys probably grew up playing together. Are guys jealous of the guys that play here in San Diego? I would hope so. I yeah, mean, right? <laughs> yeah. Are they like, is anybody like, dude, I can't believe you guys live here. Like, this place is insane. Yeah, everybody who comes down here, I mean, it's kind of a home field advantage for us. We're so used to it. Yeah. Um, other teams are coming in in the middle of winter, shorts and a t-shirt, and they're like trying to explore the city. There's so much to do. Um, so I think definitely guys would be a little bit jealous that they're not able to play too. here. Yeah, definitely you, you distracted. You see a lot of bird scooter oh. posts from the other team yes. whenever they're in town. Yes. A couple like, whiteouts last year like from uh, other players on other teams too. A couple good wipeouts. So. That would piss me off if I was a coach so bad oh. and like one of my best players is out riding a scooter around and he hurts himself before the game. It would, I would... That's the kind of stuff that makes a coach go insane. For sure. Well, you coach but college it happens. kids. Oh, yeah. oh, college is way worse. So. I've always said every time, <laughs> you know, on our radio show, when I have to interview, uh, I'm always fascinated with college uh, basketball coaches, football coaches, because the recruiting part to me, A, would just make me sick to my stomach every mm -hmm. year. When the kid's like, yeah, 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 I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Never Gone. mind, I'm going to Georgia. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. wait, no, like, I gave you so much. Yeah. I, that would kill me. And then how do you sleep at night if you're a coach? I would be looking at my phone every five minutes, like, please don't text me. Yeah. Please tell me one of these guys isn't in jail right now. Like, please tell me you didn't do anything yeah. stupid. Um, it's That's no good, man. That's not fun. No, not fun. And it happens. It happens I mean, in the pros. It happens. Yeah. It happens with me. It happens in the pros. But, yeah, I mean, with the extracurriculars of going to college and kids going out to the bars, and you just hope that, again, you create that culture that kids know enough and they're a little they smart enough. enough. Yeah, care yeah. enough. Um you know, that they put other stuff above that. So you uh, you played in the league for a long time, and then yep. you went to coach. Yep. And why did you decide to come back and play again? Uh, funny enough, I uh, actually wasn't planning on coming back to play again. Um, so I got called by Dan Carey, and he asked me to go back and play in Denver, and I was really enjoying my coaching. And um, so I said, you know, I'm going to be done. Uh, I was happy with where I was at. 
And then I got a call from Patrick and he kind of talked to me and I would have run through a brick wall for him at that point in time. And we talked on the phone for, I think, 45 minutes and told me his whole career path and kind of what he had been through, which I could connect with on many different levels. And so when I got off the phone, I was like, heck yeah, like I'm playing. There's no way I'm not playing. He re-motivated me to go out just like that one phone call. Um, I was so motivated and I literally sit here today and I love this game so much more than I ever have as a result of, you know, that call. Was it was it hard to because the thing is, I, and maybe people don't understand, you're probably just as intense when you coach as when you play. I mean, it's still for you're sure. still getting up for the game. hundred percent. But you yeah. are missing that competition. It's why, like, my, my wife always asks me, you know, I don't play baseball professionally, but I still play very competitively. Yeah. She's like, well, you'll be fine once you have to um, man like coach. I'm like, I don't want to coach. I want to play. Yeah. Like, I'm going to play until I can't play anymore. Exactly. You're going to have to drag me out of there. And it's a, it's different. It's totally different. So getting back to the field uh, for you, how a, a, how hard was it? And B, how satisfying has it been? Uh, it was very difficult, especially because I was just coming off an ACL injury. So I was injured the whole year prior, sitting back, watching. Um, I was coaching, and we won a national championship. So, like, I was riding a pretty high wave there. Um, but then to come back, it was difficult. I had to ramp up all the training. And I think part of what really motivated me was that this is a new franchise. It's a new beginning. You get to start building something from scratch. You're part of that that culture build, that foundation build. Um, and that's something that was pretty special to me to be a part of. Well, so. and let's be honest, too. If this were the Milwaukee Seals, I don't know that it would have the same <laughs> For sure. the same appeal. For right? sure. So when when – Brody Merrill or uh, Patrick Merrill calls you and he's pumping you up. And he's by the way, it's in San Diego, just so you know. Right. Yeah, it probably helps. Um, back to again, why why you're here and why you guys decided to be here uh, full time. You actually work in the front office here. Uh, with the SEALs as well. Tell everybody what you do. Yeah, so I work directly with Steve Govett, who's our president, and I uh, just do special projects for him. So a number of different things, um, different projects. Right now I'm working on a beach lacrosse project and concept. Um, so we've got that running November 23rd uh, out at Mariner's Point. Uh, and then a couple other things that are just kind of behind the scenes. That yeah, they're kind of under the <laughs> under the radar right now. But yeah. I can t- well, here's what I can say. People, if you're fans of the SEALs, um, you're going to be – it's going to be a fun year. 100%. We're going to have some fun. Some fun and some pretty cool opportunities yeah. that our fans are going to get to experience. So we're excited about those. It's the beauty of this league um, that all ideas are welcome. Yeah. You know, all ideas are welcome. I mean, I, I can recall at one point last year I was telling Mike, you know, Mike, I'd like to, if we could get like a hanging ladder, because I'd love to actually be able to climb up over the glass at some point. Mike's <laughs> like, it's a good idea. Like, yeah. like anything goes, anything goes 100%. in this league. Like, who knows what it's going to look like uh, yeah. in 2020? Who knows what's going to look like in 2025? Am I going to be riding it on a jetpack? I have no idea, but I'm <laughs> I'm here for it. I don't even think I've talked to you about some of the ideas I have. You have ideas for, for this year? Uh, I don't know if it's for this year, but... Soon? We get pushed to come up with really creative ideas and some of your skill set. Can you I know, ditch the musician. suit this year? No. I, I really want... No, you like the suit? Well, it depends. What's the alternative? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I have to buy a new suit. I need okay, to get, let's I'm get a new one. Mix up the rotation. Like I literally wanted to strap you to the front of a pickup truck, like yeah. in Mad Max. Yeah, and you know, have you playing the gu- guitar like the the Doof Warrior? <laughs> yeah, you know, coming in doing the intros, playing guitar. Yeah, I can because I can play guitar. Oh, but I don't shred though. I can play like chords. 
<laughs> I can't be like. It doesn't have the same effect when you have an acoustic guitar out oh, there. Oh, it's awful. No, but I can play electric guitar. But I just can't play like lead. All right. Well, now you got something to work on. Now I got something to work on. There we go. I've shred all the time at home. Though. I have an electric <laughs> guitar and an, like that would be sick. I would do that in a heartbeat. Your wife probably loves it. Eh? No, I think the alternative uh, to the suit. Oh, she hates. It. I only do it when she's not home. <laughs> I think the alternative to the suit would be like a jersey, but I'm not a jersey guy. I've yeah. never been like a jersey guy. Yeah, a jersey could work. But you know, but I. Guy, I also a- I felt I always felt good. Like I felt walking in. Walking into the arena in the suit because all the players came suited. And I'm like, well, if they're rolling yeah. in a suit, then I'm rolling in a suit. You know who Don Cherry is? Don Cherry. Sounds familiar. You're going to have to look him up. But he's a Hockey Night in Canada host. He's been the host for years. The, he's the guy with the weird suits. Fancy suits. Yeah, New suit every week. So Custom sh- suit. Great we, material. That'd be like, a good thing. It's insane. Like doing like bits. Like Craig Sager. Yeah. Used to always do the weird uh, looking suits. Pull it off. I, I think d- you could pull it Gracie off. Gracie saying no. Grace says no. I think you can. No, we'll roll suits this year. Let's act professional until it's time to act unprofessional. That's yeah. that's my new motto. Yeah, you and I. I got to do what I got to do. You know, you want to put on a show. I think it it, it plays. You know, you do what if you I want. If I could find a like a mirror ball, like a like a mirror ball suit, like shiny silver tie, like really let it flow. Okay. Maybe not. Never mind. I'll just wear the suit again. We'll just we'll just stay normal. You guys got me all spun out looking at each other. Um, no, it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a great year. It's gonna be a lot of fun. It it, it always is. Um, what are you most looking forward to? Uh, are you, you you probably don't like training camp, and it feels good when it's over. But do you like it? Do you? Do you, as an assistant captain, kind of have to like it? Yeah, it's not a have to like. I mean, if you don't want, if you don't look forward to training camp and getting with all the boys, then you're, you're in the wrong, in the wrong place. Yeah. Like, that's not for you. Um, so 100%, we're excited. I'm excited for training camp. Everybody's aware that training camp is going to suck physically. <laughs> it's going to be a grind. But you want to be there. Like, it's a grind that you want to go through because it's for the greater good, and that's yeah. what we do. Um, as far as the season goes, opening night, can't wait for that ball to drop and for, for us to get things going. And then uh, we got a couple dates on the calendar that our fans, I'm sure, have seen that I'm also pretty excited about. So A home opener here in San Diego is the 14th of December. Yep. Um, I can't wait to. I, I'm a wreck. Fully excited. Um, I, I can only imagine how excited you guys are pregame. I'm a lunatic, like game day. I'm oh, like, yeah. don't talk to me. Get out of my face. I'm not doing any chores. I drive to the arena like Van Halen as loud as you can oh, go. Yeah. Oh, I'm like that's I the get best part of going fired to up game day. The drive to the rink it's with the some good music. And I'm not even playing. Down. Like I'm not playing, and I get that excited. So yeah. I know the fans. Uh, the fans in San Diego last year, I, I was surprised. I I have been here long enough to know that we really made a dent. You know, and there were a couple of games I can remember off the top of my head. I will say this: the comeback we had St. Patty's Day yeah. against Philly. That was one of the greatest sports moments I have ever been a part of. Baseball, football, bat. I've been to World Series games. I've been to NBA Finals games. I have been. I haven't been inside a Super Bowl, but I've been to the Super Bowl. That that comeback was insane, and the crowd was bananas. Yeah, our crowd here is loud, and the players thrive off that. Like that's we we love playing for for our crowd, and you know when they get up, it kind of motivates us a little bit more. So we need more. I mean, I think this year sure. too. I I'm I'm kind of calling it out to uh, fans out there. Hey, if you love the Seals, grab a couple of friends that have never been. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I find myself all the day, all the time, you know, I'll see people like, oh, it's lame. I'm like, come once. Just come once, come, come one once, time. come one time. Yeah. I'm begging you to come once. I'll leave tickets for you. Come to the game one time. And then they always 100% of the time like, dude, that was badass. Yeah, that was amazing. badass. Um, 
So, Cam, you're an assistant captain of the SEALs, um, but it didn't always go as smoothly for you. You had to work really hard uh, to get where you are. You actually were drafted in the fourth round of the 2010 draft by Edmonton, yep. and you got cut in camp. Yeah, I made How it did to that the, happen? I made it to the last camp. So, again, ironically enough, Coach Derek Keenan, uh, he was my junior coach, and then he's the one that uh, you know drafted me to the Edmonton Rush back in 2010. And, um, you know, talented roster, fourth round. It, it's, it's tough to get into tough this league, especially with nine teams in the league at that point in time, or maybe ten. Um, but it's tough to make it in this league. And so I went through tra training camp and uh, got cut at the last camp. And obviously that's a blow, but, you know, ultimately that fueled the fire and uh, a true athlete, I think, is going to bounce back that much better. Um, so I kind of set my mind to it where I was just going to go out, work hard for the whole year and leave no doubt the next time I had an opportunity, which thankfully I was given an opportunity by uh, Bob Hamley and Steve Govett, who's now here with us at the SEALs, um, the following year with Colorado. And I think you're right. I mean, I, I think a true, a true athlete will say, oh, okay, well, I'm going to use that to motivate me. Um, but I think there probably are a lot of people that say, oh, well, I gave it a shot, gave it a shot, didn't work out. Uh, it must not be for me. And here you are. Um, you know, you've been, you've been great for our team. You've been great for the young guys. And here you are an assistant captain. But it, it almost even wasn't lacrosse uh, at one point. You almost played hockey. Or you yeah. played hockey probably your whole life. Yeah, so I still, yeah. I'll still play hockey in the summer and the offseason. Right. Like, most Canadians are playing hockey and they're playing lacrosse. Are there Canadians that don't play hockey? Like Not, when you were in like high school, does everybody you, know, everybody you grew up with play hockey? 99% of the kids I knew or were in my school played hockey. It's just 99% of the, at least everybody's like, playing at least hockey. like pick yeah. up and road hockey, road hockey, girls, girls in our school were playing road hockey. School would end. We'd go home and play everybody hockey. knows you just go out to the street. There's no Fortnite or video games or whatever. God, you the go to the street days, and man. you play hockey. Yeah. Road hockey is the best. Yeah. We played street hockey, uh, growing up too. It was phenomenal. Um, but so why, why'd you go lacrosse? Yeah. So I actually went to school. I was going to go play, play hockey at Grand Valley state. And a couple of lacrosse guys met me the day of the hockey tryouts. And I just tossed the ball around with them for a while and, uh, you know, had a couple of good conversations. And they got me hooked back on the lacrosse train. And so I decided I was going to play lacrosse there. I did not play hockey. And ultimately, that led me down this path that brought me here. So Great. now a professional lacrosse player. What, uh, what else do you enjoy? Like, I know, you know, we've gotten to talk and hang out a little bit, you and I, uh, over the last year. But, like... In your personal life, what kind of things are you into? Um, what other sports do you like? What do you like music? Do you like do you like video games? Things like that. Yeah, I'll play video games, uh, music. I'll kind of listen to anything. Yeah. Um, the biggest one out here, golf. You like golf? Big golfer. So I'll, I mean, I've only been out a few times, but I plan to go get my golf card and start hitting Torrey Pines and taking advantage like, of that. I hate golf, and it's the best. It, like that nice, is still eh? a really fun day. Yeah, yeah. As Mike sits here, I know he's going to say, "Big ping pong fans here in the office." We play a lot of ping pong. I know. He, he can also rival me with movie quotes. Like, oh, really? Oh, yeah, I love movie quotes. I'm pretty good at that as well. Okay. Test me. <laughs> throw, throw one out there. <laughs> Dang. I don't know. I usually spit a lot of the office, big I office quotes. Big office quotes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'll just chime in with random stuff. Just flies off the tip of my tongue. Can jam out on the beach. What is can jam? Can jam's like a little backyard it? game, fun game to play on the beach. It's with a frisbee and like a little, like a can with a slot in it. It's fine. We'll have to get out on the beach and, and the guy that loves San Diego 
and you know, I've been here 10 years. I love yeah. it so much. This guy never goes to the beach, never, never does any beach. <laughs> I don't even like going. He doesn't I, even enjoy. Like, yeah. I don't like leaving my house. I'm a vampire. Here's the deal. Here's how I feel about the ocean. I love it. It's beautiful. It's fun when I do see it, but I don't go in it. I'm just, I like to know yeah, that it's just, there. It's there. I love just if you want to it. know that it's there. Now I'm moving pretty close to the beach. I'm, I'm about to become a beach guy because my two-year-old's a beach guy. Yeah. Well, then you have he to He loves me. So now I'm going to be like, oh, God, here we go. It is an excuse, though, to boogie board, which, by the way, I don't know if you know, is frowned upon. Really? Yeah, you get made fun of big time. Okay. Here. Oh, okay. See, I just tried surfing last week for it's the first time, so and it was hard. so hard. It's so hard. And you're a professional athlete. Yes. It is. Now, did you try a long board or a short board? Shorter board. You got to do the long board. Okay. That's how you start. Don't, it was like a seven foot board. No, it's you need way bigger. Oh, you need like wow, twelve. Okay, and it's big. It's a torpedo, but you can stand <laughs> up. Even I, my fat ass, can stand up on it, and and I can surf. I just choose not to because I don't know what's in there, and yeah. I don't want to get stung you. by something. That's half the fun of it, though. That's not fun at all. <laughs> it's not fun. It, the, the thought of that to me is like it's nauseating. Yeah. I, I don't want to get stung. I'm terrified of the. The things that I don't know. Um, but you are, you know, you have moved here. Now, listen, Mikey, in fairness, I was that way when I moved here, too. I went surfing every day for six months. I would do a radio show, go to the beach. I got worn out on it. I'm going to be doing that real soon because I tried it. And most things I try, I can pick up pretty quickly. Yeah. And surfing, I tried it. And I did not get anywhere. So I will be back and I will master that craft. Now, who taught you? Did somebody teach you or did you just try yourself? I had a buddy of mine that I actually coached at Michigan State and I uh, kind of worked with him back in Michigan. He moved out here. So he brought the board and it's like a training board or something. But he tried teaching me the, the how-tos and um, it just didn't click. So I mean, I, I, the first time I ever went, I almost died. My guy I worked <laughs> with on the show was January too. And it was actually... January, February was pretty – no, it was like March. It was really kind of cold for San Diego. It was gray. And he's like, all right, here you go. Gave me a board and was like – and he went off with his friends. He's like, paddle out there. Figure it out. And when that starts doing, you do this and jump up. And I'm like, what? And I almost died. I was like, well, that was fun. That was exhilarating. <laughs> so I kept trying and kept trying. But, you know, it is – once you catch one, though, careful. Yeah. Because you're hooked. Like, you are hooked for a while. Nice. But – I just got too old. I got too. It's tiring paddling <laughs> out like that. Yeah, it's a workout. It's a workout. I just like to sit on the outside. Me too. There's like nothing more peaceful just in the sitting world on your board. than getting out past the break, mm -hmm. out past the waves, and just sitting on your board. And that's when you're like, how did I yeah. get Now, here? if that this was a sport board sitting, I'd be, me <laughs> yeah. and I would kill it. Because I'll I do would... that all every day. I should actually do that. Yeah. Uh, right. But no, it's, it's a beautiful place. Um, and yeah, Mike, I do enjoy it mostly from my bed my bedroom but no judgment I, no judgment i think here. i just like saying to oh i live in san diego yeah it's by like, the beach by the beach yeah because everybody's jealous there's like there's nothing there's nothing like this place in yeah. the entire world um yeah you know one thing i was hoping to to get your opinion on was uh you know you've got a couple of former teammates coming and jeremy noble and zach greer and uh bringing some offense to this team and you know, this team was good last year struggling on offense from time to time Audi's starting the season hurt yep. you know what excites you most about getting these guys into the squad yeah so getting Jeremy Noble and Zach Greer first off um they're both competitors they've both won at the highest level I played with them both on team Canada uh won a championship with both of them with the Denver Outlaws and they both care like all those attributes of a great leader great player they have them um so to start that's excellent 
next they can both play they can both score so that's going to add a totally different uh or sorry their games will add a totally different dynamic to our offense um they both bring something different in i mean grizzo is just such a grinder he's such a positive guy he's going to uplift the the younger guys on the offense same thing with jer really positive um and he, and he works his bag off he's going to work hard until he's successful so um good guys to add on our offense and certainly once we get austin back it's going to be a high-powered offense i'm looking forward to uh to watching talk about austin stotts a little bit obviously had a lot of fanfare uh last year and for good reason um didn't disappoint won the rookie of the year yep. after missing six games four. missed four games four. and still won the rookie of the yep. year um has a cannon blast for a shot uh, often draws three guys at a time. Yeah. Um, talk about him and just how – have you seen him mature from day one to now? Yeah, I mean, Austin's – he's a – I like to describe him as a generational talent. Um, he can score from the outside, and as much as he can, he has the ability to shoot the ball, um, you know, obviously extremely hard past goalies. It's more for him about the knowledge of if the goalie – if I can make the goalie move one way, I place the ball somewhere else. Um, and that's something that he is incredibly talented at, and I hope that I pick up a little bit of that from him by living in market. Um, but he's obviously special to watch. The goals that he had last year were unreal. His vision of this game is next level. And like you said, he draws two, three, four sets of eyes. Sometimes five sets of eyes are on Austin Stotts. And so that has the ability to open up your guys like Jared Noble, Westberg, Kyle Buchanan, um, which is amazing. So he has so many different aspects to why he's successful and why he helps our team be successful. Yeah, we've got some. We with that, we've got we've got a really legit offense now. I mean, with the names that we added with Westberg as well, getting Austin back it, after who knows how long he's going to miss. But whenever we get him back, I mean, that's like that's like signing a huge free agent. After you know, as long as we kind of win the games we need to win early to get Austin Stotts back for the second half of the season could be could be really special for the Seals. What does that do for you on the defensive end? I mean, does that change anything for you or are you just going out there and doing your job, you know, separate of what happens on the offensive end? No, on the defensive end, I mean, the offense lifts us up just as much as we get stops that lifts them up and for us to have an offense that's going to consistently go out and grind maybe they don't score but they just have great possessions um that's huge that's massive and just like i said on us the defensive end frankie makes a save defense plays well we grind down it's a 30 second shot clock that expires the offense is going to get lifted up by that so you know the one thing i love the most about the nll and i do sports talk radio so i get to talk to people from almost every sport um, and I know there are egos in, in the locker room. I know there are egos uh, in the NLL. But there's, it, it feels like a lot less than in other, other sports. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that, uh, that it, it, is, it does feel more like a cohesive team a lot? Yeah, I think I've been very fortunate to be on a lot of those teams. Um, and, and part of that starts from our leadership with Patrick Merrill. Like, just flat out, he has expectations and you meet them. And, you know, in our locker room, we have a saying, we over me. And that's kind of the mentality that everybody has. Um, the second that we have a couple guys that think they're better than the team, we're no longer a team, we're not going to be collectively successful. Yeah. So um, that's a mentality that we take very seriously in our room. And, I mean, we haven't had any issues, and I don't suspect we'll have any moving forward. So good. So good. What are things that you're looking to improve on, or what is personal goals that are going to help this team be successful that you can accomplish? 
Yeah, personal goals for me, I mean, the defensive end, it's not the most glorifying statistics. <laughs> it's loose balls here and there. Um, but some things that we, we really want to pride ourselves on is our penalty kill is really getting better, being the top in the league at the penalty kill. Uh, and, and block shots, that's another big one. And it's kind of one of those stats that kind of goes under the radar. But if we can block some shots, it's less Frankie has to do, less likely that the other team's going to score goals. And it's something that, you know, if a guy soaks a shot, last year we had a guy get hit, you know, in the nuts. And yep. we all, our whole, the culture that we've created is our whole team started cheering, you know, and not like, hey, are you okay? Like we just started cheering because yeah. he soaked a shot. We embraced it. And that's one of those things that, you know, we want to make a priority. We want to block shots. Like that, his nuts felt much better after everyone started cheering for him and them. I'm sure. I mean, mentally, that had to help. Like he probably a little bit somewhere deep down <laughs> gave a giggle. Obviously, he was in pain. The crazy thing about that was he finished practice. Yeah, I remember that. I didn't say that. a word. That finished was, practice. Yeah, just it was did wild. His, did his thing. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, Cam, it's been great, man. We're um, thank you for sitting down with us. And um, 2020 is going to be. Electric. I can feel it already. And uh, stay healthy, work hard. I'll see you at training camp. And uh, it's really been a pleasure, man, watching you play. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Woodsy. Bye.